Hello, welcome to another episode of the Legacy Investing Podcast. I'm Nate, and I'm joined as always by my good friend, Josh. <laughs> hey, gum, man. <laughs> I'm good. I'm in lockdown. We are, right. We're in lockdown. Brizzy is in, yeah, our uh, most just lockdown. What's the date? It's the 5th of August, so uh, we're, we're staring at probably a couple of weeks here. Yeah, man. The Del- whole Delta's East on the loose. Eh? The whole East Coast, basically, for you guys. We're fine over here, by the way. <laughs> uh, you, you're joining, joining us in the East Coast soon, though. Yeah, mate. Two more days, I'll be you know, joining you guys in that good stuff. So should be hopefully yeah, we, staying uh, out of it. You might be uh, flying into a lockdown in Victoria by the looks of it. So, um, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Well, I can still travel to where I need to get to. So that's the main thing. Perfect. Well, mate, uh, have, you, have you been following the markets this week at all? Uh, no, I haven't. I've just been getting your little updates like normal. So you've been sending <laughs> me a bunch of good information and I've been reading. Yeah. So that's good. Yeah. Uh, it's uh, onward and upward for the markets. So a couple of little gyrations here and there, but um, yeah, the, everything seems to be going good. The uh, COVID lockdowns here in Australia haven't seemed to have done too much, but uh, I did see the RBA have, um, I think they increased their buying. of. Oh, really? Uh, yeah, so I think that might have, um, you know, buoyed the, the markets a little bit this week. So That's it. definitely bad, interesting. Bad news basically means they're going to, pull more levers to make stuff stay the same, which means, you know, more money in the economy and, and bigger, hotter markets. Yeah. It's a bit of a, it's a bit of a turnaround, isn't it? Because we were starting to talk about inflation and potentially having to um, maybe tighten some of those things. I know New Zealand are definitely starting to tighten some of their criteria on housing and um, they're, they're just, I think their markets are going even more gangbusters than us in terms of, uh, you know, residential so yeah yeah right i didn't know that that's interesting i know like i've had my properties uh valued recently and um both very very much in the green so that's nice to see but yeah like you said be interesting when they start to pull a few levers to slow that down <laughs> well i think i think there's been some areas that are sort of up around 15 percent um some of the latest data i've read so i mean property man my goodness if it's doing 15 percent oh, man sydney i think Sydney was like, you know, on a monthly basis through March and April, I think it was, it was like 20 plus percent annualized. <laughs> it's ridiculous. <laughs> so shares and share market. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Mate, um, we thought we'd talk tonight uh, about uh, dividends and, and um, what they can do for our portfolio in sort of a legacy investing uh, framework. Yeah. And um I think we'll see tonight that the um, going with a, a longer term view can be really helpful in terms of dividends, um, you know, shares that we might purchase um, with growing uh, earnings and you know, earnings per share with high payout rates. Um, those dividends, you know, in five, six, seven, ten years time can look really, really nice. And, you know, we try and chase around a minimum of 15% per year, but if we can have dividends paying us back on our initial capital, um, you know, is it possible to get 15, 20% a year from just our dividends? That, that's the question we're going to tackle tonight. Yeah, that's a good question. And I'll tell you what, looking at the markets day to day and following, you know, most big fund managers with their short-term turnarounds. No, it's not. But um, that's where, you know, legacy investing, value investing is, it's such a good strategy because we don't care about what's happening next quarter. It's what happens in five and 10, 20 years, what matters. And 
And yes, I reckon we can achieve that, but let's discuss it. Yes, looking at, so yeah, what she's saying is, I mean, you're looking at the markets, the share price, we, we can sort of, we start to get onto that fear greed. We might get worried, we might sell a share. We, you're really losing out on that, that value of compounding over a long time. A, a good company, uh, good management, uh, we buy it particularly at a good value, at, you know, a good share price, good value. Yeah. Um, those dividends, as the earnings per share increase, the dividends should uh, also increase. And, and I think it's probably, and we'll get into this too, it's best to have a look at an example of what that might be like. Um, you know, I think, uh, as I mentioned, Buffett um, often talks about, um, you know, looking at your portfolio um, in a way that, you know, what income does it produce for you year on year, which is a really good way of looking at it. Yeah, for sure. Because like, I guess, an investment is something that produces cash, like a business produces cash. And we're, we're investing in businesses because we think they're going to continue to produce cash. So therefore us as an investor, you know, we, we eventually do need to look at this as how is it going to pay us in the form of cash? So mm-hmm. dividends do play and a so big that's role. The that's the dividend, isn't it? Because obviously with capital growth, that, that's a virtual gain or unre- unrealized gain. You only sort of see that gain when you sell it. Um, yeah. but the dividends themselves that's that's you know the earnings coming back to us that's the that's the income Buffett's talking about here when he, he's looking at his portfolio what sort of income are we going to get from this year on year for sure for sure and like you know you can look at you know selling a business as cash flow as well in the future but we don't look at it as a day-to-day kind of thing to do we we want to own companies for 5 10 20 years inevitably you know and live on that dividend at the end of the day so you know, just depends on which part of your investment journey you're in, growth phase or living on phase, doesn't it? Yep. So I'm assuming everyone knows what dividends are. Do you want, do you want to explain dividends a little bit, mate? Yeah, so dividends, define it. yeah, it's not going to be a perfect definition by any means. <laughs> um, pretty much, you know, a company has, a company creates an income, you know, they create revenue, which becomes income after taxes and whatever, after costs of goods sold. Uh, that income, you know, can be done, you know, put into many areas. Uh, they might reinvest it into the company for growth. They might reinvest it into the company for maintenance. Um, and basically, at the end of the day, the operating cash that they get after everything that they spend, they end up with free cash flow and they have three things that they can do with that free cash flow, one being dividends. And that is basically giving money back to us as the investors in the company in the form of cash. And yeah, great decision, mate. Um, so we are really lucky here in Australia where the companies really do, there's a big focus on dividends. I mean, if you look at American companies, you'd be flat out getting 1% from some of the companies or 2% in dividend yield. In Australia, we're really lucky. Um, I guess some of that might be at the expense of capital growth um, on some of these big companies because Australians have a love with their, their dividend yield and their dividends at the end of the year. Um, particularly uh, those who are lucky enough to be retired <laughs> yeah. living on their on their dividends, but um, we, you know, we can see we can see some returns on some companies four, five, six percent here in Australia, which is really really quite um, well, much much better than the cash rate at the moment. And so a lot of people are chasing that. Yeah, definitely, it is a thing with Australia. I guess 
it's interesting, you know, jumping into the, uh, you know, investing discussions like Australia Facebook groups or, you know, the, the forums and when companies don't pay those dividends and they're sitting on cash, you know, the investors get really antsy about it. <laughs> well, that, that was a big story with Apple. Look, was it a couple of years ago? They're sitting on this enormous cash pile and yeah the the um i I think the investors were starting to get a little bit antsy with uh apple not paying out or doing something with it i think it was icon i can't remember his first name but uh the big investor um kind of had a few things to say about that and it was shortly after they started uh, paying out some dividends and doing buybacks too yeah 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 awesome mate so yeah the dividends um can can we get 15, 20% return a year from our initial investment? Um, is that possible? Yeah, 100%. We're talking our initial investment. You know, so um, you sent me that article that was well, not article, part of the book, which was really nice to read. And yeah, 100%. If we're buying a company today and it's paying however, meant, like however much dividend, but that company grows its, you know, overall company, you know, 10, 15% a year, every single year for the next 10, 10 years, at the end of that 10 years, the dividend, sure, it, like the yield will still be around that, you know, four to 5%, but on our invested yeah. capital, we're looking at 15 to 20 plus percent on our invested capital. And that's awesome. That's returning our money back to us, you know, one fifth every single year. And it's going to keep the like keep on growing as long as the company grows. I think it's really important to note too that, um, you know, that dividend yield, you shouldn't be buying a company just for the dividend yield. You see four or 5% um, yield for a company. Uh, you shouldn't, in our opinion, you shouldn't be buying it just for that yield because, you know, Telstra is a classic example. It had this great yield, but it wasn't a company that was growing. And slowly but surely, their earnings have been trickling down. Um, you know, you know those, those dividends are great, but if the share price is halved, as it has, um, I know there's some pretty... Um, unhappy Telstra, <laughs> long-suffering Telstra holders. But um, yeah, you, you want a company that is constantly growing. And um, like you said, that dividend yield may not shoot up from 2% to 5% over time. But if it, if they're growing their earnings, your initial investments what will grow. And CSL is a classic example. Those who invested them you know, many, many years ago at 1% dividend yield or 2% dividend yield, that, that 1% of dividend a 2% dividend yield today in today's money far greatly outweighs what Telstra is throwing back. Um, and that's a good example I've heard quite a few times, but that's a, that's a key point there, isn't it? Yeah. And I think the key point there is invest in legacy style companies that are growing and will continue to grow into the future. It's just, it comes back to the fundamentals again. And if the company is paying dividends, but it has all of those fundamentals, then it's a plus. Yeah, so the key, we want to be looking, I think a question to ask is, is this company going to be bigger in five to 10 years time now? You know, yeah. You know, than what it is right now. Which is you know, you which about, is part of the research, isn't it really? <laughs> yeah, you, when you're digging in, you're doing the research and, you know, if you if they have a moat, um, uh, which is one of our, you know, in, in our uh, philosophy, yeah, they should be able to continue to grow their earnings. Yeah, for sure. Um, Let's do an example, mate. So, because I like you, you and I both like numbers. But if we let's have a um, initial investment on a mock example company. So let let's say um, what company you want to choose, mate? Well, let's just make up one. Yeah, company X Y Z. 
company X, Y, Z. It's very creative. <laughs> very creative. Um, but but let's let's say we have an initial investment of a thousand dollars in a company, and it, it's throwing off, um, you know, whatever, fifty dollars or five percent yield, right? Mm-hmm. Um, are you writing this down? Perfect. <laughs> yeah, I'll try to anyway. Yeah, keep up. I'll keep up. But if this company is growing at ten percent a year, it's earning at ten percent a year. Um, the example here is that in five years' time. If those dividends are also growing at roughly 10% a year, our our dividend uh, return in five years is going to be far bigger than that $50 that we got initially, right? Or that 5%. Yeah, it will be. It will be. Um, yeah, I'm not doing that in my head, but yeah, 100%. You know, like like you said, $50 in the first year, that'll probably go up to like something like $55 in the second year. And, you know, $60 in the third year and so forth. I'm probably so far out of my math there, but but the whole point of it is like the dividend yield isn't changing, but your income is going up. So your invested capital is still a thousand bucks. Now the company costs $1,500 or something. Uh, no, let me let me fix that up. Your initial investment is worth a thousand bucks, but, but you know, if you were to sell your shares at the time, it could be worth fifteen hundred dollars. You know, you've made the company's growing; its earnings has grown. Gone. Yeah, so that's the capital the equity. Share. Yep. Yep, for sure. And then you know, if it's paying out five percent uh, yield on the fifteen hundred, then your fifth, you know, your thousand dollar initial investment is now paying out a five percent yield of fifteen hundred dollars, which is clearly more than five percent of a thousand. So really, it could be you know five to ten years time from there, you you might be getting you know a hundred dollars back a year in dividends. So you you you've doubled. Yeah. Um, you're up a hundred percent. So straight away, that's ten percent on your initial investment. It's not going to take too long to get up to that fifteen twenty percent. Not even including any capital growth. Hundred percent, and that's um. Yeah. Well, yeah. that's the benefit of holding holding a good company that's growing that has good um. You know, good growth prospects long term. Definitely, you, 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 you miss get... that. Sorry, yeah, you miss that when you sell. When you sell quickly, you can miss out on those. Um, you know, good dividend returns. You miss out on the compounding effect. Hey, like you know, compounding works in your favor after 15, 20, 25 years. You know, it really starts to kick into gear. But every year you're holding, it's compounding more and more. So, you know. It might be 15, 20% after that initial 10 year period, but it could be 40, 50, 100, 200, 300% in 20 to 30 years. And that's, you know, I think Warren Buffett with Seize Candy is the best uh, example of that, isn't it? Yeah, I don't know if we mentioned that tonight already, but Seize Candy, he purchased, I think it's one of his favorite businesses other than just being a chocolate maker, which is awesome. Um, yeah. <laughs> I think he, pur- he purchased for 20, 25 million outright so he bought the company outright 25 million um i don't know what year was that um many years ago yeah. and it is now spitting off uh is it 1972 he bought it 1972 yeah and it's now spitting off almost 85 million dollars a year yeah so, so there you go 400 fourfold, fourfold increase in his initial investment and he's held it for 40 odd years 50 years yeah so that's um, that's that's nirvana right there isn't it yeah and we go back to uh, what we initially talked about what income does this investment produce me year on year? And for him, it's $85 million and 
on, on, <laughs> a, 25 million, on a 25 million, million, 25 million dollar investment. investment. And if he sold out early at double his money, so we all think, great, 100%, we've made 100% gain, let's sell out. And you're just missing that compounding um, effect that you're talking about. Yeah, 100%. So that's just short-term versus long-term um, view. And if you're taking the long-term view and you've got that, you've got that story built around a company and you know it's going to be bigger and better in you know, 10, 20, 30 years, you know it's going to be relevant. It's a, it's a winner. Yeah, and I just like, you know, if, if you're aiming for 15, 20%, uh, you know, compound return a year and you've got your dividends thrown off pretty close to that, you know, that's where you can really um, accelerate your compound return um, five, six, seven. It's back-ended, but yeah, five, six, seven, 10 years from now, you're going to see that 15, 20% turn into, you know, you're not going to hit a home run every time. But, um, no. no, if you go through, um, I guess if we go through our legacy filters, we will you know, pick, pick better than, you know, most, you know, a better percentage. For sure. We're, we're really limited with the companies we can buy because of those filters, but because of those filters, we're going to have a way higher strike rate, aren't we? Yeah. And then, I mean, really we're, we're wanting to, you know, to, to, I guess, you know, escalate your returns. You, you're wanting to buy those companies at a good price. And that's where we, we talk about our margin of safety or, um, you know, little window of you know, good value. Yeah. Um, but that's going to really, again, increase our returns on that initial investment if you can buy it sort of at the lower end of their pe or you know when they're a bit out of favor or there's an event going on yeah definitely definitely so the perks of being a long-term investor i just i don't know i rave on about it a lot but it just makes sense it's it's such a good thing what about the uh what about the person who wants to tickle their this is a bit off topic off dividends but I think it's you can have a bit of a speculative part of your portfolio um, just to tickle that fancy for those who are, you know, find, you know, long-term investing boring or whatever. I think that's a, you know, I think it's not a bad op- op- option to do that. Um, yeah, I agree. And like, like we've, um, we've come up with our own legacy investing, I guess, philosophy. And part of that is portfolio management and, like we discussed, we're happy to put 10% of our portfolio into those investments, knowing that they're not legacy investments. You know, it's, if you lose the money, then it was a gamble. But, you know, at, at the end of the day, I still think as a legacy investor, you're still picking quality companies. They just don't pass all the filters. Like they might be yeah. young. Yeah, I was going to say it could be, and that's often one of the ones that puts it into a speculative play where you, you can see something that's um, churning out good numbers, maybe good management, but they just don't have enough data. Um, and that's off, that's, the, that's where the speculation comes in. Or it might even just be management. You just don't know management really well. Yeah, and like um, I, I'm more than, like we've talked about it on a previous podcast as well, but if you've got a really good management team and the company's only one or two years listed, it's like if the, if the management team has shown before that they can do it, it's a pretty good bet on a speculation. Yeah, it's a great, great way to um, have a punt on the, you know, what, what better way to speculate than on, on the management. Um, yeah. And particularly, like, like you said, if we go through our other filters, I mean, it's going to, it's not going to pass any numbers, mm-hmm. but um, fairly <laughs> I guess, strong. Yeah, I guess a good thing then too is like, what, what's your take on getting in on a company early? If it's got a really good management team, maybe it's not turning a full profit yet, but it's got 
you know, big expectations and you trust them, like what, what's, what's some benefits of that for a speculation? Well, I guess you're getting in early. It's, I, I wouldn't necessarily be throwing a lot at it though. Um, you might want to take a nibble. One thing that is really, really hard to do is buy a company that's going up. <laughs> um, but that's where you've got to re-rate. I think you come back every six months and re-rate and look at your numbers. And if those numbers are going well, you can always buy on some, you know, dips in dips in the market. But yeah, I don't have an issue on trying, you know, to get in earlier. I have on a couple and, and haven't on a couple. Um, haven't done so well. But yeah, um, back management, particularly a good one. We, we, there's a couple out there that we are aware of that we, we have liked and um, we have bought shares on. So yeah. Um, and I think one of the one of the big ones, I guess, one of the big benefits of getting in on a company early, and you know, like we said, it's still semi legacy, but it's still speculative in accordance with, I guess, our philosophy. But you usually, get a lot if you pick it, you get a, some explosive growth out of a company. Yeah. Like, you know, rather than doubling your money every five years, you might double it three times in a year or something, and that's pretty cool. But you're also not throwing as much in because it is you know, by definition of us, a speculative investment. Yeah, you know, you, you, I mean, what's, what's the number one rule, mate? Don't lose money. So, I mean, when you're throwing in, um, you know, into that speculation pot, you, you don't want to lose too much money. Um, yeah. and, and that's, I guess, the catch-22, if they do, if it does do really well, you know, it's not that, um, <laughs> <laughs> you don't get that really big, big bump up. But um, if it's a great company, uh, you, you'll get the compounding, um, advantage long-term for sure 100 and then you could probably turn your uh you know if they're paying a dividend you could probably turn them into 15 to 20 percent pretty damn quickly <laughs> yeah so man, i think you know in summary we can you can get 15 to 20 percent through dividends uh but it does take time um you need to be in it for long term yep and that's where you know us as legacy investors are winners yeah five what's what's long term five ten years thirty years yeah what what's how long string no um i think i i usually do all my valuation numbers on at least 10 yeah you definitely do have to re evaluate your company's uh long term i think um you know a lot of the companies was it recently in the buffett uh annual meeting he was talking about you know some of the top 10 companies back in 1950 i don't even think any of them are in the top yeah. yeah. So you have to you have to be up with things. You have to be uh, researching and reading. But um, that's a story for another day. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, just because you've done your research and invested in the company doesn't mean you don't keep doing your research. Mm-hmm. Read those that reports. Prevents, yeah. See if the story's changing. For sure. Awesome, mate. Well, uh, thank you again. Next time we do this, where you're going to be on joining me on the east coast here. Um, still, we'll still be uh, there'll still be some distance between us, but that's all good. Yeah, definitely. I'll make sure I take across my microphone and all that kind of good good jazz so we can keep a quality still. You bringing the clipboard behind you as well? Nah, that that'll stay. I don't think uh, I don't think they'll like that in my room being so regimented. We <laughs> <laughs> got kicked out. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Good times. Cool. All right, good on you. Uh, yeah, well, thank you to our listeners to for listening to another episode of the Legacy Investing Podcast. Uh, I'm Nate and Josh has joined me again all the way from Perth and soon to be sale. And um, yeah, thanks. Thanks for your time, mate. Yeah, appreciate it. Another good week, mate. Have a good one. All right, catch up. Bye. 
All information on the Legacy Investing Podcast is the opinions of the hosts and is for educational and entertainment purposes only. It is not intended as a substitute for professional financial, legal, or tax advice. The hosts of the Legacy Investing Podcast and any contributors to the podcast are not financial professionals and are not aware of your personal financial circumstances. Before making any financial decisions, you should consult a licensed financial professional.